the Lord should be able to come to our church this Sunday and see people that believe He can do anything. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. The goal, accelerating the movement of God through sharing revival truth, stories, and reports. And now, your hosts, Bill Elif and Kyle Reno. Well, welcome to the One Cry Podcast. I'm Bill Elif, and this is Kyle Reno. We're uh, pastors at the Summit Church in Little Rock, Arkansas, but we also uh, serve with One Cry and uh, have the joy of hosting this podcast every week. And uh, we're, we're having a blast, by the way, doing this, and we hope it's making an impact uh, and that you're listening and, and telling others to listen, inviting others to listen to uh, we're we're spending time every week talking about Kyle revival and spiritual awakening, yeah. and and today uh, and really for the next four or five weeks, we want to f- laser focus on one area that is just the foundation of revival, and that's prayer. And and maybe over the next few weeks, kind of kind of help uh, our listeners if they're struggling in prayer or their prayers are hindered or they're they're not kind of getting through in prayer, how do, how do we have what James talked about, those effectual, fervent prayers that accomplish much? Right. Yeah. And we all need help. You yeah. Know, we all need help with, I, I think about how many times in your life, and we're going to look at this today in the scripture, but how many times in your life did you need somebody to walk up to you and go, hey, man, you don't know this is happening right now, yeah. but you you need to know. I know you got a story about my, that. My dad, uh, who was a pastor, pastored a little church in college, and it had a had a coal stove. Come on, and he'd have to get in there early and and stoke the fire and get it going. And he got up to preach, and uh, my mom was in the audience, and she kept wiping her finger across her nose like this. And Dad thought, "What is she doing?" You know. <laughs> And uh, after the service, uh, she came up and said, let me have your handkerchief. He took his handkerchief. He had, he had stoked that coal, right. and he had a massive black <laughs> mark completely right. across his That's face. awesome. And my mom said, honey, nobody heard a single word. <laughs> he had war paint on. You, you said. And Dad used to use that as illustration. Sometimes you have things in your life yeah. that, that you can't see that everybody else yeah. sees. Well, and you know who's the best at that? Jesus. Mm -hmm. Jesus has this ability, and we see it in his physical life and ministry so often. He'd walk into the life of one of his disciples, a person in the community or city, and even to the synagogue, the church, and he could see what they couldn't see, and he'd speak to it. So this is all fresh now. What I want to share this morning, I'm not saying it's going to be a very good sermon, (laughs) but, but it is in my spirit. And I'm asking the Lord to teach me uh, in this passage. I had one of those one-year Bible readings uh, that I sat with the Lord a long time. In Mark 11, specifically starting in verse 12, and you know, I love subtitles. I didn't grow up in in the church, and so I'm grateful there's subtitles and there's verses so we know how to pinpoint a passage. But sometimes it, it hurts us because we see it in sections. Uh, in reality, I want to give you three scenes this this morning in this moment to help us uh, really see a truth that Jesus is trying to communicate. Verse 12, it says, On the following day, when they came from Bethany, he was hungry, speaking of Jesus, and seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if he could find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not in season for figs. And he said to it, 
May no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard it. Now, I imagine following Jesus was wild. I mean, it it had to be an adventure at, at every turn. And Jesus was always teaching. And so Jesus moved toward this fig tree, and it says a few things descriptively about it. It was in leaf, meaning it looked alive. From a distance, it looked like it had all the things it was intended to produce. From a distance, it looked like it had all the things it was intended to to give. But when you got up close, Jesus could see it it didn't have fruit. It didn't have what it was intended to produce. Now, it wasn't in season, and I think Jesus obviously knew that, but Jesus was using this moment to teach us something, that something can look alive, something can look alive and not be producing life. Something can look alive and not be giving what it was intended to give, not be doing what it was intended to do. So he curses it next scene, okay? So I'm going to tie a bow on this at the end, hopefully. Verse 15, it says, And he came to Jerusalem, and entered the temple and began to drive out those who sold and those who bought in the temple. And he overturned the tables and the money changers and seats of those who sold pigeons. This is a, hey, this is Jesus in a whole different form and fashion in this moment. And he would not allow anyone to carry anything through the temple. And he was teaching them, saying to them, is, is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all the nations? But you have made it a den of robbers. And the chief priests and the scribes heard it and were seeking a way to destroy him. For they feared him because all the crowd was astonished at his teaching. And when evening came, they went out of the city. So Jesus has moved. We're the day before this. He's cursed a fig tree that has all the appearance of life, but it's not producing life. It's not producing what it's intended to. And then what's the next moment here? Just think about this from the disciples' perspective. Then they go to church. And when they get and when they get to church, there's a lot of activity. From the outside, it must look like it was bustling with life. But as you get close, Jesus said, This ain't it. When Jesus get close gets close, he realized uh, that you got a lot going on, but you're not doing the one thing that matters most. Now, now the spiritual life is a lot of things, and there's some tangible ways uh, to measure it. And I think from Jesus' perspective, when he was looking what was happening in the temple in this moment, he was realizing that, hey, it's easy to see that this is not the kind of life I intended to be happening right here. Why? Because people are not praying. Because this place is not a place that is being marked by prayer. Let me simplify it. People are, are here doing stuff, but they're not connecting to God. They're not crying out to God. They're not crying out on behalf of the nations. They're not asking me to do in their lives and in the lives of others what I intend to do. So what does Jesus do? He cleanses it. So I want, I want to draw this comparison now. He curses a fig tree. He cleanses the temple in this moment because he, he moves toward both and he looks at them. And, and I believe he says, hey, you look alive. You, you look alive, but you're not. The true, the true source of life you're not connected to. You're not producing what you should be producing. Like coming out of you should be prayer in this moment. Then it goes back to, and this is pretty awesome how Jesus ties a bow, the best preacher ever. The next morning, what does it say? And they passed by in the morning and they saw the fig tree withered away to its roots. I mean, that, that's, I can't imagine what that was like for the disciples. 
a day before, fig tree looked fully alive. Jesus comes up to it, curses it. Day later, they come back by and, and it's dead, not like it's dead, dead, dead all the way down to the roots because Jesus has cursed it. And Peter remembered and said to them, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass and it will be done for him. So he immediately uses this moment in line of this progression of scenes to teach them about praying, to teach them about how they now engage with God, commune with God, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And then whenever you stand praying, forgive. This is awesome. He he talks more fruit here, not just the fruit of praying, but the fruit of forgiveness. Don't have this hindering your prayer life. If you have anything against anyone so that your father who also is in heaven may forgive you of your trespasses. So just to talk. Can I just talk to you for a second? All right. If you're on this, I'm going to bet that you're a follower of Christ right? and that you love Jesus and that you, you, you want to be a part of his work in the world. Most likely, I hope you are a part of a church. Many of you are pastors and leaders in local churches. And so here's the thing the Lord sat with me. If the Lord were to walk up to my life today, would it look leafy, a lot going on, but, but not have the most easily measurable truth about my spiritual vitality am i praying if the lord were as a pastor if the lord were to walk into my church this sunday would we have a lot going on but not be truly getting to god am i not leading my church in such a way that jesus walked in saying man this is it this is what we intended people are walking into my presence and they're actually praying people are walking into my presence and they're they're actually moving and what kind of prayers are we praying Mountain moving. I mean, like when Jesus talks about prayers, it, when when they were astonished by a fig tree being dead all the way down to the roots, he's like, "Guys, not a big deal, not a big deal," because he knows he can do anything. He knows he can do anything, and what he tries to move them to is not just praying pitiful little prayers, but to pray mountain moving prayers. Like the the Lord should be able to come to our church this Sunday should come to your church this Sunday and see people that believe he can do anything. The Lord should be able to walk into our personal times, into our lives, and find us believing he he is capable of anything at any moment in the life of anyone because that's who he is, to see lives change. So I, I would really encourage us in this moment with this podcast to invite the Lord to walk into your life to invite the Lord to walk into your church and to give an honest evaluation. To give an honest evaluation. What does he see? Because that's what matters. And that's what's true. And I know, Bill, so many times in in your life in ministry that the Lord's done that evaluation about your prayer life. Well, and and it's convicting. I mean, uh, I think about when you're talking about the fig tree, I think about... The other story Jesus told about a fig tree that wasn't producing fruit, Mm -hmm. and the owner said, cut it down and make room for a fig tree that will produce fruit. And you think God has gone to extraordinary lengths 
to create his church. Yeah. You know, even the death of his own life yeah. and 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 giving his life for for us and yet we're not producing fruit and and we hear the the scripture saying, "Well, you you don't have because you don't ask." Right. You just don't ask. Right. And then you ask amiss sometimes. Yeah. And uh you know, uh we always teach a truth and then just share a testimony. Right. And I want to I want to interview yeah. a, a dead woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh for our testimony yeah. today. I want to just tell a story. Yeah, that's great. So, uh in the 1970s during the Jesus movement, uh Billy Graham orchestrated a rally uh called Explo 72 at uh the Cowboy Stadium in Dallas and 100,000 people showed up. And it was an extraordinary movement. I don't I don't know why I wasn't there. I wish I had been. But one of the people that went to that was a, a little lady, short lady from from Little Rock, Arkansas. Her name was Kitty Longstreth. And and Kitty went there and was so moved by what was happening and what she was seeing. Well, uh, Bill Bright, the head of Camp's Crusade, got up and he said, you ought to be praying for your city. You need to be praying for your city to see these, this spiritual awakening continue in your city. Right. So Kitty comes home and she, she wasn't just convicted, right. you know, she was moved to a response. Yeah. And she called a half dozen ladies who she knew and loved and said, hey, would you come over to my house and I want to just make a proposal to to you? So they came over and she took a a Little Rock phone book and and tore it up in I don't know if there were six ladies, if, if there were, she tore it up in six sections. And uh, she handed one to one and the second one, you know, a part of that phone book and said, Would you be willing with me? to pray through every person in Little Rock. And when we finish it, we're going to do it again, and then we're going to do it again, and then we're going to do it again. She did that for years with this prayer group. They met every Monday praying for Little Rock, Arkansas. Wow. About uh, in, the, in the early 90s, they said, you know, the Lord just put this idea, we're not going to get where we need to go unless we pray for pastors to get a vision for praying for our city. Mm -hmm. So they started adding to their prayers, Lord, we pray that pastors would see the need and begin to pray. Right. About that time, there was a <clears throat> HBO, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> an HBO special on gang banging in Little Rock, and it made big news that Little Rock was the third highest murder rate wow. uh, in the country. Well, the, the, uh, mayor, who was a believer, uh, called on every agency, the police, the, the uh, schools, and, and, and the church. Mm -hmm. And he said, what are you going to do? Do something mm -hmm. to help us solve this problem. Well, a group of pastors got moved to pray. Now, they thought it was their idea. <laughs> and so 25 pastors, I had the privilege of being a part of that little group, met and we just began to pray for the city. We thought maybe it'd be a one-time prayer meeting. Well, it was so, the Lord just stepped into that meeting and it was so powerful that we said, let's meet again next month. And we began to meet every month crying out to God 
uh, that he would move in our city. Little did we know that we were there as fruit That's right. of Miss Kitty That's and her right. prayers. Wow. And, uh, and then about a year in, we decided to go off on a prayer summit and spend four days praying. Out of that came a movement in our city right. of united prayer. And a few days ago, Kyle, I went to the 25th anniversary of those prayer summits. We've been praying together for 25 years. Now, the, the final of this story is Miss Kitty died a few years ago. She was in her late 90s. Wow. And the Monday before she died, she was with her ladies praying for the sun. Hallelujah. Now, only heaven knows. Amen. Whatever God does in any church, right. in the city, only heaven knows. Well, there was a woman who, mm. like a vibrant fig tree, man, she just kept praying. Mm. She enlisted others to pray. She got a practical way to pray. Yeah. She taught them how to pray. That's the best. And then they persevered in prayer. And God heard and answered Amen. her prayer. So this is what we need, isn't That's it? That's right. I mean, we, we need... To be, mm -hmm. to be praying. And, and if we're not praying today, mm -hmm. it ought to be convicting to it us. And it ought to move us to some yeah. response. Yeah. I hope the Lord is, uh, through this podcast, walking into the room with some people. Yeah. Yeah. And because, you know, at some point uh, in Miss Kitty's life, uh, she had that moment with Jesus where, the G where Jesus said, hey, I got an assignment for you. Right. You know, I, I have a part for you to play in this kingdom work in a way that, uh, that you're going to bear fruit that's going to change the world. Because yeah. there's zero doubt. Yeah. It's changed the world. And the Lord knows every one of those sons and daughters all over planet Earth. Right. You know, and, and if you're listening today, you got a part in that. That's exactly right. And, and you don't have to be a well-known pastor. No. You, don't have, you could be Miss Kitty. Right. And, uh, and, and the best. beautiful thing is she walked into heaven and I guarantee you, she heard the Lord say, well done. I can't imagine. Well done. So we want to pray this in yeah. for just a minute, and we want to invite you to join with, with us that God would raise up all across our mm -hmm. nation. And he's doing this, but uh, men and women and leaders mm -hmm. and lay people in the church who just pray and pray fruitful prayers. Kyle, sure. why don't you begin us, and then I'll close. Yeah, Lord, I, I do invite you uh, and ask you to walk into my life, into Bill's life, into our church, and to every listener's today, and just give us a right evaluation. Uh, God, mm -hmm. show us where the, where it, where we might look alive, but we're we're missing true life, abundant life. We're we're <clears throat> we're not so uh, engaged and embodying uh, that the fruit of prayer is just pouring out of us. So God, I, and I pray you'd teach us how to. Mm -hmm. God, I pray you'd prune. Try. I, I pray you'd correct and train, Lord. So, and I, I pray, Lord, it would be right conviction uh, for each of us and our churches, mm -hmm. uh, Lord. But then it'd call for change, <laughs> Lord. Mm -hmm. you, you, we wouldn't just be convicted; we'd be changed, mm -hmm. God. We'd be transformed, God. And then you would ignite, uh, Lord, a passion to be a person that prays. Mm -hmm. they, they, they would be. I think about Paul. Uh, when he, when Lord, you were explaining to Ananias uh, that, hey, I've changed his life. And, and one of the markers of that, man, he's praying. Mm -hmm. He's praying. See, hey, listen, Saul's not Saul anymore. That's Paul because he's praying. Mm -hmm. And God, I, I pray that'd be true of our lives. They'd be able to say, no, hey, listen, he's a different dude. Mm 
He, mm-hmm. it, that's a different lady now because they're praying like crazy, praying about everything. And I pray you'd find churches. God, I, I pray mm, please, God. that you would uh, cleanse us. You'd cleanse mm-hmm. us so that we might do the real thing. God, the thing that really sees change happen, Lord. So I pray that houses of prayer that already are, hallelujah, pray they'd move into that more. But I pray that that a lot of churches would be transformed into true houses yes. of prayer and help us to be that, Lord. Help us to be that more effectively. We all can. That's exactly right. And Lord, I pray that uh, even right now as we're praying and in these next hours for all of us who are listening today, you would get specific with us. Yeah, Lord. Uh, you would say, we would listen, mm-hmm. and you would say, okay, now, Bill, here's what I want you to do. Yeah. And then we'd do it. it, even if it was embarrassing, even if we had to stand before some people and say, hey, I need to confess my sin of mm-hmm. prayerlessness, yeah. and I want to change that by the grace of God. And uh, and here's what I'd like to do and invite others to join me. So, Lord, uh, I just pray that you would very specifically lead us in all the right paths for your namesake in this matter of really praying. And we pray, Lord, uh, that the end result of, of millions of people around the country praying would be that you would hear and answer our cry and send a great movement across our nation in our lives, our families, our churches, our cities, our states, but Father, our whole nation. We want to pray that bold prayer. Send nationwide, even worldwide, uh, revival and spiritual awakening so that sons and daughters would be born unto you and you would receive more worship than you are currently receiving Mm -hmm. from your creation. So we love you, and we entrust all this into your hands in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, thanks so much for joining us. And uh, I pray that uh, in the coming years, when you think about this, uh, just the little name, Miss Kitty, will come to you, and it will stir you to be praying prayers that bear fruit Mm -hmm. uh, for the kingdom of God. Uh, we're going to be talking about hindrance to, to prayer That's in right. the next few weeks. And, and that you know, it's possible for you to be praying and God not hearing right. because we're not praying properly. Right. So uh, don't miss the next few podcasts. We'll see you next time.